acclaimed action star, martial arts denim jean enthusiast, and animated hero, Chuck Norris. Plus, a young, good-looking kid from my hometown of Danbury, Connecticut, taken from this world too soon, Mr. Jonathan Brandis. Plus, Jeff Bridges' brother, Bo. Plus, an out-of-this-world performance from Joe Piscopo. And who could forget Winnie Cooper? You have the makings for an all-time classic. Today on I Would Never In My Life Wear Black Silk Underwear, 1992's Sidekicks. Thanks, Barry. Thanks for helping me out again. That's all right, Chuck. That's what sidekicks are for. Jonathan Brandis stars as high school asthmatic Barry Gabruski. Now, asthma isn't Barry's only hindrance in life. He tends to daydream about being an action star with none other than Chuck Norris. This causes him to be bullied incessantly, where the smartest nickname they can think of is... Yeah, very weary, you geek. <laughs> Yeah, Barry Wary. Hey, it's Barry Wary. Barry Wary, why don't you just quit now to avoid the embarrassment? Yeah, pretty harsh. Feel really bad for him for that name. The school bully, who also is a karate champion, calls him the R-word, which is very un-PC, and they even include it in the trailer, so, you know, 1992, quite a different time. Of course, Barry is in love with his neighbor Lauren, played by the wonderful Danica McKellar, who seems to be his only friend in the world. One day, when she rejects his offer to go out on a date, he decides he's had it with his inhaler, and he's gonna run. And he's gonna run hard. And running hard, well, what does it do? It sends him right to the hospital. Luckily for Barry, his history teacher has been taking an interest in him. And even more serendipitous, her immigrant uncle just happens to know a thing or two, much like a certain Mr. Miyagi. Now, I'm getting a little ahead of myself because I haven't even talked about the best part of this movie, which is the performance from one Mr. Joe Piscopo. Joe Piscopo, of course, plays the evil karate dojo sensei, that Barry's main antagonist, Randy Cellini, goes to. When we first meet Joe Piscopo's character, he informs Barry and his father that the reason Chuck Norris doesn't compete anymore is because of him. Chuck Norris is so scared of Joe Piscopo in this movie, he has stopped competing. Not because he's a millionaire, not because he made jeans that you can kick people in. No, it's because of Joe friggin' Piscopo. You know what? It's better if you just hear it from the horse's mouth. And by horse, I mean Joe Piscopo. Yeah, I bet you're almost as good as uh, Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris? Chuck Norris? He doesn't compete anymore, kid. And one of the reasons, one of the main reasons he doesn't is me. <laughs> okay, let's, uh... Yeah. He doesn't compete because I would kick his ass. Let's go, son. Come yeah. on. Kick his ass! Now, from that clip alone, you can see the energy that Piscopo brings to his role. And, you know, I'm gonna stop calling him Piscopo. Let's call him by his character's name, which is, of course, Kelly Stone. Kelly Stone, the biggest badass in the world, who would kick Chuck Norris's ass. Kick his ass! From that point on is basically what I said before. 
He gets bullied by Cellini. Cellini tells him Lauren doesn't even want him as a friend. She just pities him. To prove that wrong, he asks Lauren to go on a date with him. She says she likes him as a friend. This sends him into a temper tantrum where he decides to run away. And then he needs his inhaler, but he throws it on the ground and it explodes and smashes. And he says, I don't need you. I don't need you. I'm going to beat you, asthma. Hey, asthma, I'm going to beat you. Not with medicine that I need, but with sheer willpower. And he's not strong enough. His little baby lungs can't handle it and he has to go to the hospital. In an ambulance, mind you, so I hope his dad has pretty good insurance. And while he's in the hospital, the aforementioned English teacher, Miss Chan, visits him because she has a little crush on his dad. And she tells her uncle, Mr. Lee, played by Mako, about this boy who needs his help. And luckily, Mr. Lee can do just that. He turns Barry into a fighting machine. From here, we get even more Barry daydreams, plus some great montages with great uplifting music, including Barry running because he doesn't need his inhaler anymore. That's how good of a teacher Mr. Lee is. Mr. Miyagi, uh, take a hike, pal. Did, did Daniel's son have asthma that you cured? No, no. He was just a little turd from New Jersey that stole someone's girl and used an illegal move to win a karate tournament. That's right. I'm calling you out, karate kid. You got nothing on sidekicks. Jonathan Brandis would kick Ralph Macchio's ass. Kick his ass! But back to the topic at hand, which is the 1992 classic sidekicks. After Barry stands up to Cellini, Cellini then presents him with the flyer for the karate tournament. That's right, there's a karate tournament happening. What a great plot device. The only problem? When the frying dragon team tries to register, uh, they're one member short. But good news, there just happens to be a celebrity guest who's going to be at the tournament. Uh, can you guess who it is? Huh? Can you? Can you, you little pea brain? Huh? Is it? You, you think it's Chuck Norris? Huh? Do you think it's Barry's idol, Chuck Norris? Well, guess what? You're right. Chuck Norris just happens to be at this tournament in Texas. Miss Chan uses her world-class second-to-none charm to sweet-talk old Chucky boy into joining the Frying Dragon Dojo team. But there's just one little hiccup. When they go to the registrar again, he doesn't believe them. He's like, duh, is Chuck Norris? He's really on your team? Duh, 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 duh. And then Chuck shows up and he's like, yeah, buddy, you got a problem with that? Gulp. No, Mr. Norris. Uh, uh, have fun competing. And that's what they all do. They compete the hell out of this tournament. The tournament consists of four events. Breaking. Breaking, which Mr. Lee takes part in, Men's Weapons, which Barry takes part in and is totally the one behind the ninja costume, Female Kata, which Miss Chan in, Female Kata, which Miss Chan is the participant in, and Freestyle Fighting, where we get the showdown of the century. No, not Barry versus Randy, it's Chuck Norris versus Kelly Stone. And I'm not going to tell you how the movie ends, because I have found three different versions of it for free on YouTube, and you should watch it as soon as possible. All I'm going to say is the last shot is a kid in a wheelchair who has a Chuck Norris magazine. Is he going to have a magical sensei that will teach him how to walk again? Much like Mr. Lee did for Barry Wary? Huh? Do you think that's possible? Do you think that's possible? 
the world will never know because sadly there was never a sequel to the 1992 classic Sidekicks. Thank you for listening. This once again has been an absolute treat. Thank you, President Franklin and the Buzzcast Network for the opportunity. I really appreciated it and I had a lot of fun. And I hope that you had fun listening. And I really hope. But more than that, what I really hope is that you will go onto YouTube and watch Sidekicks. That's all right, Chuck. That's what sidekicks are for. But wherever I am, whatever I'm doing, all you gotta do is ask, Chuck. Welcome, Tony, and I can see you're on your iPhone, so I'm very impressed already. <laughs> How are you? Doing good. Um, I'd like to introduce you to my co-host, Bud. Hi, Bud. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. So you have the enviable position of having gotten to hear our pilot, right? So you're kind of familiar with what we're going to do here today? Yes, kind of, and I'm a little nervous. Basically, this is a game that uh, we're going to ask you a series of questions that are in the STEAM domain. So science, technology, engineering, art, and math. Those are the themes. This is going to be fun and funny. I'm glad, mm -hmm. I'm glad that I'm prepared. And <laughs> even, even if you can't get the answer on your first try, you're always going to be able to answer of why this question is relevant to you. So okay. you get to make it up on the essay portion, right? Thank you. And, Thank you yeah, for your Yeah, unless grace. you're wrong. <laughs> there was one question with our last guest and he was like oh oh yeah i guess that connection could be true too <laughs> all right tony are you ready for your science question this author observed that humans had a propensity to utilize abundance for population growth rather than for maintaining a high standard of living do you name know the name of this english economist i do not know the are name you kidding of <laughs> the answer is Thomas Malthus. Oh. The Malthusian trap. Okay, thank you. I'm I'm learning here today. You guys put me in class early. But I believe you published a book called The Day the White House Turned Green in 2014. I did. I did. I did. So um, I did. Malthus was one of the first kind of green essayists oh, um, so ah, so the day the white house turned green was my second my second book um in the series jet the adventures of jet antoinette and jet antoinette is my daughter this american media organization posts talks online for free distribution under the slogan ideas worth spreading it has been yes. held annually as a conference since 1990 this is the only one I'm going to get right. And this is the TED Talk. <laughs> That's right. So uh, what, what can you tell us about TED Talks, Tony? Oh, absolutely. I had the privilege of um, doing a TED Talk last year in December of 2019. And my talk was centered around children and literature and literacy in general. Um, my idea worth spreading was that kids love YouTube and I have an eight-year-old and she absolutely loves YouTube and I was doing some research on it and I found that kids are the biggest viewers on the site and so I'm, I'm thinking from my just research 
in my own personal opinion, that kids are drawn to it because other kids are putting a lot of content out, right? And so it's very relative to them. It's some of their same um, interests and the things that they like. And so I thought, you know, what about having kids write more children's books? So then that way, it's like, oh, A, a child that's around my age did it. I can do it. And B, it must be interesting because, again, it's a, a child author. So more than likely, they're writing about something that's, that's cool or of, of high interest to me. This is an engineering question. In jewelry design, when a diamond or gemstone is, is cut into a small rectangular or tapered shape with stepped edges, it shares the name of this foreign <laughs> bread. Do you know what that's called? Uh, <laughs> I really should. I'm just going to take a guess. I, um... <laughs> A French bread. Um, is it jet? <laughs> oh, it's it's actually baguette. Is that oh, baguette. familiar? Yeah, I I have definitely not um, opened <laughs> any of my jewelry design books in some years. <laughs> but you have done some thorough research. I can tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you still? Do you still do any jewelry design? Do you? Are you wearing any of your own pieces? No, unfortunately, that was like a phase in my life. Where I was really just trying to find out what I was into. And I love jewelry. So I have three degrees. <laughs> and um, one of them is the second one that I obtained was jewelry design. I moved um, from Atlanta after graduating from Clark to New York and I attended FIT and studied jewelry design there. And um, I was able to just study and find out everything um, that the city had to offer, that the school had to offer. And that is where I studied um, the jet stone and I love the properties. It's a stone of protection and it's J-E-T, but I decided, oh my God, I love this name so much. It's a black and brown stone that I said I was gonna name my, my first child jet, whether it was a girl or a boy. So um, well, it just so happened that yeah, it was a girl. Um, okay. you're in the fun part. Are you ready for your art question? Yes. 1937 novel by African-American writer Zora Neale Hurston describes protagonist Janie Crawford, an African-American woman in her 40s who recounts her life. What is the name of this book? Was it their eyes are watching God? It absolutely is. Yay! <laughs> 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 Yay! So I'm guessing you brought up Zora because she and I are both from Florida. Mm-hmm. And, yes, and, mm -hmm. and I just, another chance for you to talk about being a writer, which I think is a critical <laughs> aspect. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they actually host this annual. Um, they actually host this annual conference called the um, what is it? The Zora Neale Hurston Festival every year, mm -hmm. and I've been wanting to go, but of course with COVID, I definitely can't go now. But I still one day like want to cross that off my bucket list. Um, but for me, writing has just always been a part of like my makeup. When I was a young girl, I used to write apology letters to my mom and then like just express myself through diaries and things like that. So um, I've just always loved writing. And then in 2012, I got pregnant with Jet and like dealing with pregnancy as you two will never experience is one of the most <laughs> emotional things that a woman can undertake and so I just found writing to be an outlet for me and I just wrote 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 and I just started writing these series um for her and now she's 
going to become an author with one of the 100 kids that I'm writing, oh, allowed wow. to write. All right. Are you, are you ready for your ultimate question about math? Oh, uh. my gosh. This is going to be really funny. Go ahead. Okay. In the equation E equals MC squared, what does the variable E stand for? Um... And I'll give you a clue. Um, I bet your daughter and your niece have a lot of this. And you're like, man, you have so much of this. You need to stop running around. Energy? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> I had my eye on a 2013 book called uh, Where Does Time Go? Yes, that was my very first book, Where Does Time Go? And I wrote that book because... Um, like I said, I was writing and it was very therapeutic for me. And that was one of my favorite things that I wrote. And I said um, to myself that I would publish it. And at that time, I didn't own a publishing company. I had no idea. Um, but my goal was to have it published by the time my daughter, Jet, at the time, turned one. And um, the time just flew by as a one-year-old. Like, you know, from birth to one, it's it like perfect. That was the perfect book for that time. And so that was my very first book. Is there anything that you're working on currently where you'd like people to kind of check out or like something you want to plug, Tony? Absolutely. The initiative. <laughs> Again, the initiative is called My Young Life Matters and more information is available on bffpublishinghouse.com. That's like, we know BFF as um, best friends forever, but for me and my company, it's books for the future and then you can insert scientist, doctor, lawyer, what would kids that aspire to have such big dreams, what would they read and write right now? And so that's the focus of my publishing company. And there's also information about the initiative on GoFundMe because this is free. We provide workshops, we provided um, eBooks, eCourses to all of the participants. Me and my team, we put all this stuff together at no charge and we want to give each um, author, each child author, a book. Um, so, of course, if we could have people donate to this cause, that would be amazing. So, again, it's called My Young Life Matters, and you can find information on GoFundMe and BFFPublishingHouse.com. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate This was so fun. It made me, like, really, I stood up. I was like, uh, <laughs> and I'm, like, pacing in my house. I'm like, what's the answer? What's the answer? You guys kept me on my toes. Welcome to Lego ClickCast, the ASMR-ish podcast, where we build Legos and you listen. Last week on Lego ClickCast, our hero built Legos in an action-adventure setting. This week, we'll have two Lego builders as we enter a different Lego building genre. Romance. Hey Matt, it's date night. Nice, what you wanna do? Build these Legos. These Legos? Yes, these Legos. Okay. 
telling me I need the Lego app. You don't need the Lego Mine comes with a lightsaber. Nice. So it's a, one of the three forked lightsabers. It's Kylo Ren. Oh. Wait, why does he have a wrench? He's gonna work on the spaceship. Oh, yours isn't Star Wars. looking for a piece. Yeah, I think I'm missing my second piece. Did you open both bags? Yes. I mean, it's supposed to be this, but this doesn't look like that. Oh. I mean, it's that. I'll just do it, but it doesn't. I think the drawing's wrong. Did I do 
was putting that one on backwards. Oh, you can't have the Legos, baby girl. Baby, look what I made. Uh, it's, uh, what is it? It's a Star Wars man. Hey. Good job.